0: Do you, Do you believe worry, in alternate no, 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 universes? You, you are listening, listening to Delayed Replay. The Improvised Movie Review Podcast. Wink. Everything is fine here. We're all fine. Just sit tight and listen to them talk about the movies they definitely saw. <laughs> Delay, don't delay. We have to listen right away. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Delayed Replay Podcast, where we review movies and recap them and whatnot. For all of you who might have missed it or watched it and want to hear other people talk about it. I'm Steven Schinder, your host, and we normally, well, at least in the first three episodes, we've recorded A little while after movies have come out, like, weeks or even a couple months, but we just saw Wonder Woman 1984 last night, and it's June 5th, and we've gathered our thoughts, and we are excited to talk about this. Now, my guest on this episode is my good friend, Albert.
1: Hey, wait, you had three episodes already? What the s***?
0: Wait, am I allowed to cuss? Is cussing Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It... oh either cut it out or please <laughs> okay cool um, I could probably cut this part out no the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I mean okay 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 uh um for everyone listening this is uh, not a rated g podcast um so yeah f- you
0: guys <laughs> 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 that'll be fun to hear. <laughs> So... <laughs> So, um, Albert, you are somewhat of a DC fan.
1: Uh, so somewhat is a slight. I like to be critical in the things I like, um, and I find myself gravitating to be a fanboy of DC things. That's fair. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, I mean, we're both subscribed to TV (laughs) Universe. I don't think that's any secret.
1: That's fair. And I'm also still considering getting HBO Max because apparently Warner Brothers, you know, wants to keep those things separate. And I want to watch Watchmen and the Snyder Cut. So what the hell, Warner Brothers?
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario is, like, I hope that even if, like, some stuff gets changed on DC Universe, that it'll at least have, like, all the comics and even, like, DC Daily and mm-hmm. some of the shows and movies. Oh,
1: no, for sure. I think all the animated shows, like, like Harley Quinn is still going to be there no matter what. I think, honestly, the thing that does go well is because I think HBO Max just caters towards, like, the Warner Brothers Studios. That means that on HBO Max, we could probably get things like the next live-action Mortal Kombat movie. Or, like... Um I don't know what else Warner Brothers comes out with, you know. HBO things. Right. And I
0: mean we're also getting the live action Green Lantern show on HBO Max. That's some yeah, point.
1: And and I think it's because it's a Warner Brothers thing, so
0: Yeah. Uh Game Back to Wonder Woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was a movie that we watched.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thanks again for taking the trip out here, by the way, so that we could like watch it yeah, together. You know,
1: driving to Nowhere, know where California is always a pleasure. Um, <laughs> 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 There's stuff there. Um, you know, like movie theaters.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll just dive right into it. What do you think of how Wonder Woman has been portrayed... pre trade What the hell, that's the word. Portrayed <laughs> in previous <laughs> movies and Maven shows. So
1: I think her last feature film um i'm not gonna say her last live action feature film but i will say her last feature film um it was the one with the silver swan um i forget what it was called bloodline um and that one definitely wasn't my favorite film i definitely feel that in most of her forms of media she outshines everything else that happens in the meat in like the the form of media because it's not like she has villains of like Batman or like the gravity of like characters like Superman oftentimes you know her her villains tend to be kind of self-contained and honestly I feel like she's closer to like a a Constantine type character with her storylines where like they could have huge levels of gravity but no one knows about it in, in like the real world because she's in like crossing the river Styx to fight Hades or like Something along those lines where the rest of the world really doesn't know about it. Or it's much more self-contained and it's a personal story, like how Bloodlines was.
0: Speaking of Styx, I loved the cameo in Wonder Woman 1984 where Lawrence Gowan, who joins Styx 15 years after this, he sees Cheetah and says your strange animal and that's a reference to his song strange animal that came out the year after this (laughs) (laughs) so doing the back to the future thing of showing that musicians have no original ideas (laughs) (laughs) it was weird how the postcarded scene was just an updated version of the music video but with Present day Gowan alongside the movie stars. <laughs> I'm kind of with you on how Bloodlines, like it wasn't as subpar as like some of the scores online made me think it would be, but like it was fine and it had some really great moments, like especially in the climax. Oh of yeah, it. no, one hundred percent. But compared to like other DC animated movie universe films and even the 2009 animated wonder woman movie it kind of fell a bit short yeah
1: i agree i I feel that wonder woman in general just doesn't have the villains or the essentially the time in, in the animated features to showcase a villain development and villain like character development and so you just don't like fall in love with the fights that she's fighting not like superman or not like batman i feel that like she falls into a problem with a lot of, like, the the Marvel heroes, honestly, in the sense that, like, there's just not a lot of good villains for her. She has a few very iconic ones, but I feel like most of the times that she's, like, fighting really, really good iconic villains, it's when she's with the Justice League.
0: Right. Like, her villains aren't as memorable. And I think you heard the... Quiet Place Part 2 episode, right, that I did with Undress, Uh, he said that he didn't like the villain, but he liked the movie. And I've heard other people say the similar things, or like the villain of that movie, I think it was Ares, wasn't Mm -hmm. as interesting as other aspects of that movie. I mean,
1: Ares, I feel like at least has the gravity of it. And so you can be invested. There just wasn't enough there to make Ares like a fully developed villain you know i feel like because his name is iconic people can still grow attached but when you have other villains you know but like silver swan or cheetah or whatever like it's just not as like i'm just not as attached right like like it's not a joker it's not magneto those are just names that i I f***ing love and like yeah (laughs) like and not to say that she can't fight them cuz hell that'd be awesome to see her fight the, like villains of that caliber i just I, I just don't see it like it just doesn't happen so
0: yeah that's fair and i feel like the villains in this movie um well, for me, anyway, they didn't have as much gravity as I was hoping for. But I think there are moments when they're at least somewhat interesting. Like, we got Maxwell Lord, who has this company, and he's trying to, like, have this facade where he's, like, a nice guy trying to do good things for the world. But, you know, it's just a uh-huh. mask.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um I didn't know how to feel exactly about, like, the more contained thing. What I did love, though, is, like, Maxwell Lord's theme. Because whenever he came out, you just heard Purple Rain's, like, When Doves Cry, and it was just, like, amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Because I felt like he was that kind of guy, you know? Like, it totally just fit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, Prince had a song in um, Batman 1989, so it kind of feels appropriate (laughs) to, like, (laughs) Almost coming
1: <laughs> do you think that was planned i i wouldn't doubt it but i also wouldn't be surprised if they did that because they still had like the licenses or their rights to like be able to have those songs and stuff
0: yeah i mean they also had africa by toto which i think might have been like a little reference to like how they had a in cover Aquaman. of africa in the <laughs> Aquaman movie <laughs> like this whole soundtrack is filled with 80s. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Like,
1: like, I think it's amazing, too, that they picked, like, 84 because, like, like they're able to have songs, like, just from 84, like songs from Footloose or Wake Me Up Before You Go. And then, like, it made me a little upset, though, because that means that, like, there was no chance that they were gonna have the song take on me, and that's, like, my personal favorite song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe I could be wrong, but I feel like maybe there were, like, a couple other songs i can't think of them at the moment that might have been a bit anachronistic but they had them in there just to be like heck yeah this is the
1: 80s oh it definitely felt that way the colors and the clothing and the fashion style like just in the characters i think it did a really good job like building the world and making you feel like you were in that time frame so you know it's something i appreciated about it for sure
0: yeah and even the trailer for this has that song blue monday and like whenever i saw This trailer, I'd always get so pumped because the other trailers would be like bland (laughs) AF, and then this one was so good. And I was like really surprised when it turned out that the trailer was like the opening montage at the beginning of the movie before the (laughs) movie started. I think I turned to you and I was like, wait, are they showing the trailer (laughs) to the movie before the movie, or or did we go to the wrong (laughs) screen?
1: Yeah, no, the lights dimmed. They showed other previews and they started showing that. And, and I actually feel like that, that was a fine mood setter because it kind of overall just sets the tone for the rest of the film. And it, it is a little bit silly. And I think it's allowed to be because it chooses to have a villain that's not super like gravity intensive, you know? Like it, it bothers me when you have the brink of the end of the world and your heroes are joking around. And when your villains are like kind of self-contained, I feel like that's allowed, you know, like you're allowed to have like just hilarious things going on.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I I do get kind of annoyed whenever there's like a really intense situation and people have like inner turmoil and are very conflicted inside. And then all of a sudden they just joke during battle. And it's like during a battle, would you even have like the breath to joke? Yeah,
1: get over your shit and, like, go f shit up, like, like <laughs> I feel like those, those are rules that should be in battles that, like, when the fight, when the fight itself also is, like, super serious, you know, it's not even, like, a fight amongst friends or anything like that, it's, it's, like, a, a semi-world-defining fight, and, like, you know, that doesn't really happen in this film, and so I appreciate it, I appreciate that, like, it has a lighter heart, it has, like, Wonder Woman's still, like, kind of curious about what the hell's going on in her life. She's definitely learned a lot more since uh, her first live-action movie. She's definitely, like, learned a lot more (laughs) since then. But, like, she's still, like, like, men suck. She's still, like, (laughs) she's still, like, a Wonder Woman. And it's, like, amazing.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, obviously she doesn't hate, like, all men. But this is, like, at a time where um, they hammer in on this, how, like, men are in power. Like, Maxwell Lord, for example... Uh, whereas someone like Barbara who later becomes Cheetah is like like she's a scientist but people aren't taking her seriously which is frustrating to watch even though you know that she will become Mm, a villain mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. I mean I think
0: they did a good job
1: at like giving her character because like Cheetah normally kind of just sucks as a villain (laughs) you know like (laughs) (laughs) and like to give her, like, an actual background where you'll care about it is a nice change of pace for Cheetah. Because, like, in almost every other, like, iteration of Cheetah in the past, it's been in, like, Justice League cartoons where Wonder Woman has to fight Cheetah, or, like, in a Wonder Woman cartoon where she supposed has to fight Cheetah. And she kind of just, like, comes out of the blue and, like, is, like, I'm fighting you because you're my rival. And it's less so, like, I'm fighting you because, because these are the reasons why I'm fighting you. Because, you know... I I am jealous of you. I am envious of you. You have what I I want and you don't, you know, like, like you could be doing so much more with what you have. And like, you don't normally get that for her. And to give her a background, I I think it's actually really nice.
0: Yeah. I I do. I did enjoy the scenes where uh, she and Diana were just talking one-on-one, like when they are having lunch at pizza planet and they're just having this very human conversation of, like, their hopes and dreams. I thought that was a okay. really good scene.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing that they were having, um, that, that scene in particular at Pizza Planet, did you notice in the background there was the little green men, like, claw machine?
0: Oh, I thought <laughs> I saw them, but I wasn't sure.
1: I don't know, like, what stunt they did. Well, okay, okay. I don't think it was, like, it definitely wasn't directly because, you know, Disney lawsuits and f- Disney. Um <laughs> but like but like it was definitely a not a toy story
0: so okay yeah i wasn't sure if they had to pay disney and if they actually got them like it would be kind of anachronistic if they did but it was yeah i mean I like i think the plot
1: machine said like like it didn't say like lgm it said it had like another acronym so uh,
0: i'll have to keep an eye out for that next mm-hmm. time i watch it or i could just like find an article that talks about all <laughs> these <history. laughs> Well, like there were a couple that I spotted, like when Diana and uh, Steve Trevor uh, go to the movie theater, and you you can see like the titles of the movies, like on the marquee or whatever it's called, and one of them is called Flashpoint, which apparently is an action thriller that came oh out that year. I've never seen
1: it. <laughs> I one hundred percent just thought that that was a nod to New Fifty Flashpoint. Like I didn't, I didn't even realize that that was like well, a real like... movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, like I wasn't sure if they made it up for the movie, but it turns out it's an actual movie. Steve was also like looking at a poster, which we don't see. And he was like, oh, we could see the superhero movie starring Helen Slater. And then Diana was like, no. And I think that's a reference to the 1984 Supergirl (laughs) movie, which was pretty bad.
1: I never watched it. And thank you for letting me know that I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah they ended up watching gremlins because yeah Brothers. i
1: mean the thing is like i feel like you always have to like if, within your own properties you have fans of of you know other things and i feel like having those nods only really helps um your film just like to get that shout out and to be like oh that was a funny reference and then even if you don't get it like it doesn't hurt you
0: at all right i mean i I don't know, whenever it comes to things like these, I, it feels really self serving. Like, there have been shows like Babylon 5, which is my favorite sci fi show. And it's like, whenever this one character is watching cartoons, it's always Looney Tunes, because it's like, uh-huh, we're owned <laughs> by Women Brothers. <or laughs> and it's really annoying.
1: Um, semi sidetrack, this past year, you know, 2020. Uh, Warner Brothers also came out with an animated Mortal Kombat film called Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. And the opening sequence is uh, one of the Looney Tunes characters, like wandering around. It was like, it's the black duck. Um, I forget what his name is. Uh, but he's like wandering around. And then, like, the WB in the background just opens up. And then Scorpion goes, Get over here! and like stabs through the duck and pulls him in. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check that out. That's gonna that, that's my uh PSA segue into uh a very violent rated R uh, animated movie. Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. It's very short. It's actually on my Amazon, so just share password <laughs> with everyone. Hey Steve, can you bleep that out? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll cut that out. <laughs> um but like I, I, I actually only got into watching that one because I was watching Variant Comics, that YouTube channel. There's no. this dude who just like likes the comic book universe comic lore. I think his YouTube channel is just actually like, just like variant comics or whatever on YouTube. And he does a lot of like talking about animated movies, animated films, and just like comics in general, you know, um, asks those questions that like all the big comic book nerds have. Um And he did a, like, short review and impressions on Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War. And after that, he was like, oh, another movie that Warner Brothers did that is extremely violent, extremely gruesome was the Mortal Kombat movie. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna check this out because he was like, Justice League Dark was gruesome <laughs> and violent. And Warner Brothers also came out, you know, they they are keeping up with it by coming out with another extremely violent, gruesome movie in Mortal Kombat. So... big that, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I only said "fuck you, Disney" once in this so far, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I recently um read those DC meets Looney oh. Tunes comics from a couple
1: years ago. How are those, by the way? Like the crossovers are kind of ridiculous. So
0: yeah, so I'm looking at the list of them right now. Um, I thought the first one, which was the hundred page. Uh, spectacular was pretty meh and then I didn't really like the Bugs Bunny okay. Legion of Superheroes one but then you have really good ones like Marvin the Martian and Martian Manhunter oh, that's so sick and, and Lobo slash Roadrunner was pretty fun um, oh and here's a tie in Wonder Woman and Tasmanian <laughs> Devil <laughs> you, you get to see him alongside like <laughs> monsters Batman and Elmer Fudd was surprisingly good. <laughs> like, it's more, it feels more serious than you would expect.
1: I, uh, yeah, okay. I might have to give like that one a read. Um, I mean,
0: yeah, I think you definitely like that one. <laughs> I could be wrong though. So, <laughs> and there's Jonah Hex and Yosemite Sam. Uh, <laughs> that okay, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, Harley Quinn and Gossamer was really good. And then after that, it kind of went a bit downhill for me. Like, Catwoman and Tweety and Sylvester, Mm. and then Joker and Daffy Duck, and Lex Luthor and Porky Pig, for some reason. Are they
1: both bald? Is that why they did that one? (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: like was that the connection? I mean... (laughs) That thought did occur to me, but like, I don't know if that's a good justification
1: <laughs> to, to have them in the same universe or the same characters,
0: or like just to have them like working to like to have Corky as like his employee or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair.
1: That's fair. I forget. Did you get around to watching um, Red Sun Superman?
0: Um, I still need to okay. see it. I've read the. Comments, I was
1: though. going to say that portrayal of Wonder Woman is probably one of my favorite portrayals of Wonder Woman, you know, at least in terms of like previous Wonder Woman things. And not know, I'm like going back to like a topic that we talked about before, but you could just edit that, right? Like that's fine. <laughs> <It's not yet. laughs> yeah. Um, they, I think, because <laughs> they do do her a little bit differently between uh, Red Sun Superman animated movie and Red Sun comic. I don't think it's different enough to be, like, angry about it. You know, I feel like it it does a lot of what... I think Red Sun is, is very much so kind of, like, how Hush is, where the comics and the movies have the same, like, spirit, but they kind of change things for the medium that they're in. That it's just, like, in comics, this is just better told as a story and so in movies this is just better told in the movie and i feel like they did that for red sun and they did that for hush um and i I think they're they're actually both great and it makes me really happy that being able to watch something and being able to read something are actually different and i don't get the same story over and over again
0: i am curious about the red sun movie like i am gonna watch it uh,
1: wonder what's so cool in that movie people
0: (laughs) she's so sick (laughs) People still get kind of mad whenever I say I liked the Hush movie. More than <laughs> the no, no, and, and was, like, <laughs> like, like, like the Hush
1: comic was like, was like, it's, it's good. It's really good. It's, it's very high up there for me in like comics because it does comic things really well. You know, you're actually able to read into Batman's mind. You're actually able to see what he's like going into. You're actually able to see what his thought processes are and how he's approaching situations and stuff. But like the movie. Like the things that it does differently, like I feel like are changed purposely. Like they don't work in the comic, and and likewise, like like if we had a one to one thing in the comic and the movie, one I'd be upset because why would I waste my time on one or the other if I could just do one of those things? But two, like it still, I still feel like it keeps the same spirit.
0: Yeah. And I mean, for some audiences, there are some characters where they're not even familiar with the person. So they won't even mind seeing like a take of someone for the first time. Like, I'm sure I've seen Maxwell Lord on the Supergirl TV show. I think he was on it, but I barely remember anything about him. So I was pretty much on board with how they used Mm -hmm. him here. And like, I have no idea if it's, like, how accurate it is that he becomes a cyborg in this. But I was, like, just all in because I was enjoying yeah, this movie. Right?
1: I, I I agree, and I feel that. I think that, like, good open portrayals, like, just just in any movies, are kind of what's important to keep. You know, I feel that, like, without freedom of expression in films, we wouldn't get movies like Logan. We wouldn't get movies like... Days of Future Past or, like, First Class, we wouldn't get those movies if...
0: We wouldn't get... New we wouldn't get... Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's one of the things that people need to remember is that, like, you're allowed to be critical of things that you like, but if things are the exact same, then you're not opening up the media for more audience and for more people to like it. Like, I don't know, I know people who who actually did enjoy like the non Snyder Cut version of the Justice League movie, the live action Justice League movie, and it's because they're like, it's so different from the other superhero movies that are out right now. And it's one of those things that just like so many people like like the, the opinion that bothers me the most is I don't like this thing, and if you like this thing you're a child. <laughs> <laughs> you know and like we hear that opinion all the time on the internet um you know that that, that this thing is like the beginning of that Harley Quinn episode oh i don't watch this garbage is because it's like it's it's just it's 100% just like feminist tv it's meant for little girls when like it 100% is like you know definitely not you don't want to be looking up to harley quinn she is not a role model <laughs> she's dropping f-bombs in every other sentence yeah. and she's murdering a bunch of people <laughs>
0: um yeah like people were also talking down to the birds of prey movie in the marketing for similar reasons but it was like it was yeah, lots of like, fun.
1: like let people one, like let people like what they like and then two like why is a different interpretation of something that you like worse than the thing that you like Because I I honestly feel that, like, don't you want more people to like your thing? Because, like, the movies, different interpretations of them will get people into the thing that you like. You know, like, before you become a comic book nerd, it's because you probably watched a comic book movie and you want to learn more about that character. Right? The Blade movies from a long-ass time ago, like, freaking awesome, Wesley Snipes that puts Blade up in, like, my Marvel tier list, like, I don't know who he is, like, now, but, like, I remember him back then, I wanted to read more about him back then, and I feel like that's the same way uh, with different interpretations of, like, movies and stuff, so that's worth of advice.
0: Yeah, and of course, it's always subjective, and if something is different from what you would normally see, like, it always depends on the execution, right? I don't think different is always necessarily good, quote, unquote. Like, it'll be subjective depending on what someone's into. But the key is to not talk down to people for liking or disliking these interpretations in such a toxic manner. Like, I know we're really diving into, like, this whole toxic fandom topic but i it's not something i thought we could get into but that's the fact of the matter yeah
1: it's it's important right like i feel especially now that fandoms are becoming so popular and like much more and much more popular and like there's a sense of exclusive like exclusivity i think that's a word is that a word um okay if it's not you can just like edit in the right word um (laughs) or just like have like siri do it you know (laughs) but like there's a sense of that and i feel like there's a sense of empowerment i feel like that's why people do that that's why people talk down on like not true fans of a thing but like come on let's be real like if you like a certain aspect of a character that's somebody else you get to explore that character with We need to remove the idea that I'm better than you because I like this thing and it's more true to what it's supposed to be.
0: Right. Yeah, because there are many different interpretations. And if someone gets into that whole argument of like, it has to be true to the comics. It's like, well, which comics? There have been many writers, many series, many continuities. I know some things are somewhat consistent over time but to say that something has to uh be all exactly like the comics like that's not very Mm. specific like no 100
1: let's segue into batman for a little bit you know i know we've had this discussion unrecorded before but like when christian bale defined batman as dark and broody and like the where is she you know (laughs) where is she like like (laughs) Like, let's be real, like, that's not even the most accurate interpretation of Batman, but that's what people's personalities of Batman are. Like, that's what people, like, envision Batman to be.
0: Right. Well, it was kind of taking cues from the Dark Knight Returns interpretation
1: from the late 80s. No, that's fair. But you're right. Every Batman is actually extremely different. You know, like, Kevin Conroy thought Batman was Adam West. Like Kevin Conroy the the pinnacle of what most people in the 80s and 90s and 1000s, you know, or like 80s and 90s and like, you know, early 1000s think of Batman, they think of Kevin Conroy. And Kevin Conroy thinks Batman was Adam West. Like <laughs> like like that. I think that's that's an absurd statement, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, Kevin Conroy is my batman uh except for in crisis on Earths, but so that's like they're here they're there um <laughs> yeah that, that, so. <laughs> that's
1: that's for that's for you know that's 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 something that you know you can appreciate that he had a sh- an appearance for but he's just not the batman freak <laughs> who's the voice actor who plays batman in the new 52 animated universe he is probably the most Batmany batman i i can think of not to discredit kevin conroy by any means but like when I think of Batman, I think of, like, that type of character. I, I I rewatched the Batman animated series, and I actually don't necessarily get, like, this is Batman vibes. Because, like, there are definitely times where he's not as prepared. There are times where he's not, like, just throwing money at all of his problems because he's Batman, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's just one of those things that I feel that New 52 animated Batman, like, is what i see as batman and i feel like that that's the case for probably a lot of people in in like the younger generation who are watching those movies
0: yeah that's fair I... you're allowed to disagree with me <laughs> no i mean you've got me thinking like i i'm like remembering like all the jason amara stuff and i'm like you know what his batman has like the father-son stuff of damien and we don't really see kevin conroy's batman with damien in the animated series and the animated series has like this implied relationship with Barbara Gordon and that is not my preferred aspect <laughs> it's a of weird. Batman and that's completely that's it's completely absent in the Jason Omar of Batman so he's got the edge on that and that he doesn't have that yeah, aspect of yeah. that like sense.
1: I mean it just it just feels like the the Jason Amaro Batman he's the one who has the contingency plans he's the one who like who has to fight a lot of like mental battles and like shows mental fortitude and like in the animated series I feel like a lot of those things actually kind of are are lacking like it looks like um, a lot of times in the animated series Batman has like one maybe two plans where it looks like the flashpoint paradox Batman has plans on top of plans and that's kind of what I envision Batman to be but yeah so Wonder Woman
0: (laughs) Perfect segue. <laughs> What'd you think of the way they brought back Dave Trevor? Like obviously Chris Pine is very they needed a Chris in this. So he's hot. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> So it was necessary <laughs> Um that it was like a you know Body preservation thing, <laughs> <laughs> and that he was naked when he came out of like the little machine. <laughs> like, I feel like it was just like a somewhat of a throwback to like the first um, Wonder Woman movie where he's like naked in the in the hot springs, and she's just asking about his uh what <clears throat> watch. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> who watches the watchman i mean it's one of those things though too that like honestly i'm i'm a little upset that they brought him back i i don't think that as much as like he plays a role in diana's life i think it would have been more empowering for her to show her move on you know like truly move on as opposed to being able to like like move on and then have him come back and then kind of cling on to that still um i feel like that was a little bit unnecessary
0: Yeah, that was kind of my line of thinking when I watched Agent Carter back in the day. Like, I wasn't into season one as much because she still had a part of her life where she hasn't moved on from Captain America, and to be fair, it's been, like, a year, maybe less, but I was really liking when season two had her move on. But then, of course, we know what happens later, so. (laughs) Like... Trauma is
1: never addressed well. Trauma, loss, and, like, departure is never addressed well in modern media, especially popular media. And I feel that, like, when, when you have characters come back and things like that, it doesn't show the consequence of, you know, storylines and timelines and actions. And it, it almost feels like a money grab. And, like, I kind of definitely got more of those vibes. And it, it, it's one of those things that I don't feel was needed. That was probably, like, the biggest negative for me. Um, in this movie that, like, he, he didn't need to come back. Um, I think she has become a stronger woman for not having been with him for, like, what, 20, 30 years or whatever, you know, since World War II. Um, um, World War, oh, yeah. Well, World War I. So yes, so Seventy years. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right, she doesn't age, and she's beautiful and gorgeous all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, like, just, like, along those lines... I found it interesting that she hadn't need to move on, and like build other relationships and stuff. I don't, I don't know. It, it just it just left a weird taste in my mouth. I'm not gonna say it was bad, but I definitely am gonna be like it, it could have gone without the extra like seasoning. Except naked Chris Pine, he could stay. Like yeah. they could have just shown him naked, and like <laughs> he didn't have to like come back to life.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> Like, I'm all for showing Wonder Woman get more empowered. And I think there are parts of the movie where they do accomplish that. Like, we do see her a bit vulnerable when Maxwell Lord and Cheetah team up against her and she gets defeated. And then she realizes that she has to go back to Themyscira and train again. Like, I think her exact words are... I need a karate kid montage <laughs> moment and and so she goes back and A very uh, classic is, um,
1: hero's journey, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And like you have um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the names right, but Antiope and Hypolita, Hypolita. Don't, don't I'm I I only saw this <laughs> sequel once, so sorry. R- write, write in your angry fan mail about how badly... <laughs> That's I've okay,
1: tested. because once so, once yeah. they write in, you can edit the tapes, right? And then just fix it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will edit the cassette tapes that <laughs> these are recorded on Nineteen eighty, 1984. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so yeah, there's this really awesome training montage, and this is where uh, she gets the gold armor that we've been seeing in the marketing and all this sword combat
1: the armor is super cool i do feel that part of it was to sell toys but i kind of don't care because it's super cool still
0: <laughs> i mean it's not as overt as when she feels exhausted at the end of the training and says i need a drink and then steve trevor gives her a coke <laughs> that's the whole like refreshing like ah <sighs> yeah and the camera like zooms in on it <laughs> And then, like all of a sudden, like mermaids come out of the water, and they say something like, "Even we need Coca Cola." Yeah, no, no, no. That punch was, well, I curses. mean, okay,
1: that was one. It was ridiculous, but I definitely think it was a nod to, uh, to Aquaman. Right. <laughs> I, I think,
0: I think they were just.
1: I think that nod <laughs> in that movie was just to be like, "Hey, don't forget Aquaman's a character." <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, don't forget Jason Momoa is part of this universe that we want you to keep (laughs) seeing at the theater. We get this scene that comes kind of out of nowhere uh, where Wonder Woman is, like, walking around and then all of a sudden there are dinosaurs and you find out that there are dinosaurs because, like, the Flash makes an appearance and he mentions that he's been doing some time traveling and... I don't know about you, but he felt kind of shoehorned <laughs> here to I, me. I mean, like, I want to say yes and
1: no, because dinosaurs, well, cause one, because dinosaurs are cool. <laughs> 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 but, but two, like, remember in Aquaman, the scene where, like, they end up getting pulled into the depths, and, like, they actually come out into, like, the prehistoric world, like, in the center of the Earth or whatever? Uh-huh. And in that movie just like somehow kinda works. Like I feel like the way they did it here, it actually just kinda works. Like, yeah, a little streamlined but like, or like a little a little forced, but like, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like it does kinda work.
0: Speed forced.
1: Oh a my little. gosh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I guess this time travel that he did will explain how we have the Justice League movie and huh, the spider yeah. cut that um, we're getting.
1: I mean it's a perfect opportunity to to recast.
0: Uh, I did like the CGI for these dinosaurs. I'll give it that. Like you could tell they used the whole CGI budget on them, whereas Cheetah looks like somewhere between cats (laughs) from Cats (laughs) and the Cheetah people from this Doctor Who story from eighty nine called Survival. Let's
1: let's be real.
0: I think that's what because
1: this cheetah because cheetah look better than the cats from cats like (laughs) um (laughs) yeah i i honestly don't know what i want to say about that i'm not gonna say anything about that that's how about that let's do that (laughs) okay (laughs) um
0: yeah okay uh so then wonder woman asks Flash about her future and whether Steve Trevor is still there. And Flash is like, um, I'm not so sure I should tell you anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: like the least amount of words this Flash has ever said.
1: I know, because Barry Allen, you know how he is, always wants to, like, the timeline. Because that's a swing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what? I love Barry Allen. I'm not gonna, like, <laughs> but he definitely has character quirks. Um, yeah, I I feel. I mean, I honestly feel like it's it wasn't very Wonder Woman character of her to to like even ask the question. Like, I feel like Wonder Woman is more of a character of like destiny and like a character of like following myths and legends and 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 following the old gods. It was just like really off-putting to like be like it's like oh yeah so how's my future and like i don't know it it just felt off character you know what i mean
0: right i mean flash wouldn't want to tell her about the poor reception (laughs) that the later movies she's in got. i mean but to be fair
1: she also was the best part of those movies so (laughs)
0: when she showed up in batman v superman with the thing dude, that's dude, the... her thing
1: was so good her thing like was so
0: good like, like that's by far the best part of that movie,
1: yeah 100 100 her thing is so good they do her okay they do her so well and she is so good and gal Gadot does such a good job and she is so beautiful so <laughs>
0: like yeah gal Gadot is great <laughs> And, 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 like, we get a reprise of that theme when she's, like, finished, like, she's taken back to the present, and she's done with her training, and she has to, like, go back to the mainland, and to do so, she, like, uses her lasso to swing from the lightning, and, like, now on social media now, you see that hashtag Thunder Woman <laughs> is trending, so. I, I actually I didn't notice
1: so. the, that I, I, I don't follow the social medias as much, but. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but yeah she returns and she uh faces maxwell lord Th- this is something i kind of want to talk about like whenever maxwell lord's commercials for like his company came on the tv he'd be like maxwell lord is watching <gasps> over you like he try to say it in a calm and reassuring way but it it sounded to me like a big brother in George Orwell's 1984 mm. type
1: of reference to feel on the nose? I, I actually, you? Got, did you, I actually you know, got vibes not- of okay. uh, Brother I from, like, Mr. Terrific and, like, the Mr. Terrific storyline and features End and stuff where um, Mr. Terrific creates the, like, Oversea Protector machine, Brother I, and it's, like, an artificial intelligence and it's the Terminator story, essentially, you know, except with something that Mr. Terrific made.
0: Yeah, I mean, we also do see a Terminator because <laughs> it's this is 1984. True. So 100. percent uh, but
1: I definitely didn't get as much like Big Brother vibes as I got Brother I vibes. But you know, it probably was more catered towards Big Brother because I I haven't seen it. I don't know what that is really. So
0: yeah, it's a really good novel if you ever get the chance to read it. And I've seen like one film adaptation and. I remember liking it. I okay, think so, John so you're Dirk telling me to read whatever. another
1: book that's not yours first? <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> no, read read, read Lemon Through <laughs> My Brain first. You should, you, should you should throw in a plug right now. <laughs> this episode Yeah.
1: This episode to was brought to you by. <laughs>
0: This episode is brought to you by Coca-Cola. Yeah, you don't have that one! <laughs> <laughs> Go to stevenschinder.com for more info on my fantasy or comedy novel, Lemons of My Grain. You can find the novel on Amazon. Uh, you can also <laughs> follow me at stevenschinder on Instagram and Twitter and stevenschinder storytelling on nice. Facebook. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. super not forced. It felt very organic. (laughs) Segway, right? (laughs) Yeah, Segway. Um. (laughs) So, yeah, she fights Cheetah and Maxwell Lord. It's like one on two, because, like, really, what is Steve Trevor gonna do other than stand there and look good? But then... Like, one of them knocks him down and, like, this makes Wonder Woman very concerned because it's like, oh, shoot, am I going to lose him again? Mm -hmm. So Rue catches her off guard.
1: I'm sorry, I was answering a text. I totally missed everything you just said. (laughs) 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 I'm kind of whatever about it. Like, I think it's... He almost dies. I mean, I guess it was, like, ambiguous.
0: (laughs) Because, like, they say that he's, um, like, they're not sure <laughs> if he'll wake up again. And, like, that's kind of the cliffhanger after Wonder Woman defeats Maxwell. Cheetah and... Cyber uh, Maxwell. Maxwell but by, by, like, yeah. Like, like, she cuts off Maxwell's cyborg arm and then she, like, lassoes uh, Cheetah and throws her wall to wall in a very Hulk <laughs> and loki style. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I mean, like, again, I, I didn't care too much that they brought him back in the first place, so I wasn't, like, super upset when the, you know, potentially are possibly killing him again. Um, and it kind of just goes back to show that, like, the, the actions that he had, like, really didn't have too much consequence, and that was, like, one of the things that was, like, not the best thing for me personally about the film, so.
0: Right, like, it felt like a very safe movie in some regards. Like, I kind of get the vibe Um, (laughs) not Cisco Ramon but the vibe that they're waiting to see what the viewers think and whether more fans want him to live or whether more fans want him to stay dead and I'm kind of not sure how I feel about like just like I don't know if this is what they're doing but if they're trying to gauge fan reactions I mean honestly the best
1: movies are the ones that have a very specificated audience because those are the movies that leave the most impact right and I feel like when movies like this and they choose to go through safer paths, like, it might do better in, off in like, box offices, like, opening weekend or, you know, like, the first month that it's out. But, like, it's not going to change anyone's life, you know, like, like a lot of other movies do. So, granted, I think it was well done. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to see Wonder Woman uh, have her own, like, series of movies now. I'm very excited to see where they could possibly go from here, especially since they have done two movies of Wonder Woman in the past, you know, like, they haven't really done too much with her in the present, other than, like, the Justice League movie
0: and, like, Avengers: vs. Superman, so. Right, like, I was talking with my friend Nathan on the Black Widow episode, and it feels like there's been this recent trend of having the female superheroes and stories that are set in the past... And like Captain Mm -hmm. Marvel is another example of that. Black Widow, kind of, it's closer to the present, but it takes place between Civil War and Infinity War.
1: Do you feel that they're doing this in order to show the, like to really kind of just emphasize the inequalities between, of sexism? Because like, it's like, oh, this is a thing from the past, were allowed to be a little bit more sexist and show women's empowerment through that. And I feel that by doing so, they're actually doing kind of a disservice because I feel that the, like a stronger message to send is show something modern, show them that sexism still exists. Show them, you know, show the audience that like, like this is still a problem in everyday life, you know, like, Um, I feel like it would have been much more empowering to set a lot of these like pieces of media in modern times.
0: Yeah it's a valid point because you have that moment in Captain Marvel that people talk about right where it's like the dude says she should smile and it like really irritates me because like it, it like even just as someone who hates when like society expects anyone to smile even when they don't feel like it but it's lots of women uh, go through this thing even today and I think to a point like you're right we could have had a scene like that in the present and I don't know like I kind of think the decision to set it in the past was to show I don't know like they want to show like a more funny Nick mm-hmm. Fury who's not as serious and I think they might also be setting up one of uh, the characters that Captain Marvel meets to be like a mm-hmm. future Captain Marvel I could be wrong but uh, I don't know Like, but also there's like nostalgia yes. and people are loving nostalgia like you have the 90s and the 80s and it's like, like the 80s nostalgia trend has been super prevalent uh, like like it's seen a boom in the past decade like maybe 2009 onward and you've had like maybe a couple movies before then that stand out like Wedding uh-huh. Singer in 1998 or something like that but it's kind of like at some point we need to grow beyond the 80s nostalgia and even the 90s nostalgia at some point like it's 90s nostalgia is not as prevalent but it's yeah. popping up here and there, and it feels like people are trying to cater to people's inner member berries, if that makes sense.
1: The the reason for that is because people in the 80s are now in their, you know, 30s and 40s. Like, people who were born in the 80s are now in their, like, their, like 30s, you know? And those are the people who have sustaining careers and jobs and, you know, can afford houses and can decide to watch movies and buy movies at their leisure and have families that they can show the their things and passions about and i feel like it's just kind of like a money trend thing that like in 10 years those same people will be the 90s kids and so i feel like in 10 years there's going to be a much bigger 90s trend and then in 10 years following i feel like there's going to be like a 2000s trend and i feel like that that's just trying to cater towards the nostalgia so
0: I need to make a movie based on <laughs> my formative years. <laughs> Show people what was so important <laughs> about 2007. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I would like the next Wonder Woman movie to be set in the present.
1: I would love to see her in the present, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want to see her fighting present day like villains. You know, I would love to see her fighting the gods again you know, uh, just in present day. I, th- I think that'd be really cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be know. quite a spectacle. <laughs> so what do you think this movie means for the DCEU moving forward? Like, do you think it sets up some things for other movies? I hope so. I, I like
1: um, that it it's built around being a standalone film. Uh, I am just a fan of you know movies not having to be set up for other movies. I'm I'm not a big fan of that. I like shows that like I even like shows that are like episod like not episodic. I forget what it is what what the right word is.
0: Serialized.
1: Um, yeah. So yeah, like
0: episodic is more yeah like, I, you know, I'm a bigger fan of to... like
1: the episodic shows I think. Um, with like maybe a serialized overarching story that you know, kind of gets touched on every episode. Uh, but for the most part, like, I, I enjoy the fact that this is standalone. I, I enjoy that a lot. And it gives them the option that if they want to end up, you know, serializing it, they can, and if not, then it's no big deal. They, they have no commitments. And I feel, too, that there's no, like, other big pressures. They can move forward if they'd like, and I know there's a lot of strain on, like, a lot of the actors part of the DCEU right now. And so if they, like, it kind of relieves... Warner Brothers from S train. I think that's fine.
0: Right. And if we ever see Cheetah again, I hope that the CGI looks that, better. Like they should just I update mean, that.
1: The most other recent thing that we've seen was from cats, so like I'm not super bad. <laughs> but I also Yeah.
0: Because you know it could have been <laughs> But hard. I also don't but I also wouldn't mind
1: if, like, Wonder Woman just fought, like, a giant actual cheetah. You know? Like, I think that would have been cool. <laughs> like, just a massive, <laughs> just regular cheetah. You know? Like, they could have made her, like... Dude, they could have made her, like, a Van Helsing yeah, werewolf. Yeah, that would be cool. You know? Like, the way that they... Except b- yellow and spotted. Like... <laughs> or, like, Big Bigby Wolf. Like, yeah! Like, it would have been cool. And the wolf among just us. Just giant, like... I don't know I feel like there's way too much pressure in modern day society to make female versions of things still have like a level of sex appeal you know right like female yeah, aliens why are they attractive awkward. like that doesn't know like like, <laughs> like like that shouldn't be a thing <laughs> like well, why <laughs> you know like Wonder Woman herself she's like a uh, like a She's a tall Amazonian woman
0: who's gonna fuck you up. Are you saying that Kara is not... No, 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 See, here's the thing about Kryptonians, though, Steve.
1: (laughs) 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 Kryptonians are aliens-like human, you know? Captain Marvel also. Alien-like human. It's okay when the aliens are like human. But, like, you know, I'm watching, like, Deep Space Nine, and, like, I don't want... (laughs) What's his name? Nog? I don't want, like, his, like, girlfriend to be, like, attractive. <laughs> like, like, it's weird. <laughs> um, and, like, the, the fact that she really isn't is, like, like that's what I want to see, you know? I don't want to see, like, super attractive females in, in all forms of my Hollywood media. It's just, it's not realistic to me, you know? Let her be a cheetah. Let her be a giant-ass, like, lycanthropic cheetah. Like, I, I, I've only watched episodes. Son, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't have a concrete storyline to follow. Okay, because I'm. I thinking think I'm talking about Quark. I'm definitely thinking about Quark.
0: Quark, you know, see, I'm
1: just. I probably just angered like a yeah. ton of Star Trek fans. You should probably edit that
0: out.
1: <laughs> let's actually, like, <laughs> like, 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 let's remove that part of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: should be fine star trek deep space fine
1: (laughs) all right i'm gonna give it like a seven and a half i think it does a lot of things really well you know and we discussed earlier there were a few things that did bug me but by no means is it like not worth a watch uh and and granted i know like a lot of people think seven and a half is like a grading scale and that's like a c plus or a c and i'm like no that is a garbage fucking scale to rate things um i've Great things. It's above average. Look at the bell curve. Bell curves. Fifty percent is the norm. You know, like most <laughs> things in the world are fifty percent. Seven and a half. I'm going to say is half better than more than like three quarters of the things that are like out there in the world right now. Very entertaining. Watch. Loved it a lot. Great cast. Great acting. You know. Very fun
0: story. Okay. Yeah, I rated the first movie an eight out of ten, and I did like this one better. It was more fun, and I I could see how much Diana had improved, and Gal Gadot is amazing and phenomenal, and she worked very well alongside all the other actors, whether it be Chris and Wig mm-hmm. or Pedro Pascal or Chris Pine. But again, like the nostalgia thing does kind of bug me, even though I do admit I loved much of the soundtrack, and. The whole Steve Trevor thing still kind of bothers me, so um, for those reasons, I'll have to knock this down to God. Deep Space Nine <laughs> out of ten. Um, you
1: should close the podcast with, like, with uh, when doves cry, like, fading. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so Albert, thank you for joining me. Uh, Do you have anything to plug before you go?
1: I don't want people following me on social media. (laughs) 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 Uh, If you want to watch entertaining uh, like random videos of either LARP or video games, uh, I do have a YouTube channel, um, which is Albert Treble Kiko. So that is a thing feel free to go on YouTube. And it's honestly just fun things. I'm not making a career out of it.
0: If you wanted to watch so... a video
1: where I have a group of friends voice acting a bunch of pigeons uh, in a pigeon dating simulator, that that happened on, uh, on my YouTube channel. So.
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'll send you a link. <laughs> And to all you listeners, you heard all of my plugs earlier in this episode. Um, I'll probably put those in the show notes, too. You can also email podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about Wonder Woman 1984 or some other movies that have been talked about here. Maybe we've glossed over things. Maybe you hate our opinions. Go ahead and tell us, and we might read your emails on here in, uh... Delayed reply segment. Fuck your opinions. No, that, that, that,
1: that, that, <laughs> I'm kidding. like I actually, actually, actually love. I actually love hearing what other people have to say. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> your opinions are garbage. <laughs> Tell us how much you hate this podcast. <laughs> the next episode will be on the Milan remake. Without sure, sure. further delay, have a good day. All right, that should do it. I know someone's been tampering with these episodes. And if you are listening, I just want you to know that I did my best to clean up the audio. It's not perfect, but this is my cut. This is the Shinder cut, and it is out of your hands. You've meddled with this, but I've... Been able to undo some of your changes. Yes, there are overlaps in the voices and there are imperfections here and there, but this is a shinder cut and the only cut that the listeners will get because this podcast delivers and you will not stop it. So stop interfering or you will have to face me. I honestly hope that you. Don't face me, because I don't know who you are, and maybe you're more powerful than me, so please just go away. Thank you.